0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's the Game Week 21 preview, where I'm going to go through blank and double Game Week's chip strategy, or should I say the lack of, uh, injuries to Trent and Bowen. And also, I'm going to answer some of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it so i'm going to start by talking about blank and double game weeks because a lot of people have been asking about that as well as chip strategy which i'm going to come on to afterwards now before i talk about this i would highly recommend as i do every season to follow ben Krellin on twitter and Planet FPL who do a podcast and they're on YouTube because those guys are predicting blank and double game weeks long before the rest of us catch up. And ultimately, this is where a lot of my knowledge on this topic comes from, right? I'm also going to leave a link in the description to Planet FPL's latest chip strategy podcast. That is well worth a listen because they're able to go into much more detail than I will here. And just in general, make sure you're following both of them. Now, in terms of having everything set out, unfortunately that's not the case yet right we know there's going to be doubles in 37 doubles in 34 uh blank game week in 29 the biggest blank game week of the season but we don't yet know which fixtures are going to go in there and which teams are definitely going to double because we need to wait for basically teams to go further in the fa cup which i'll come on to in a minute it's probably worth starting with the fixtures that we already know need to be rearranged plus the carabao cup blanks in game week 26 right so in terms of fixtures that already need to be rearranged, you've got Man City versus Brentford. That was postponed back in game week 18 because of the Club World Cup. Now, because Man City is still in the FA Cup and they're also in Europe and they're likely to go far in both uh, competitions, that Man City versus Brentford game will probably have to be rearranged sooner rather than later. And the latest predictions from people like James on Planet FPL and Ben Crellin is that it could go in game week 25. So we could potentially have a Man City double of Chelsea at home and Brentford at home in game week 25. It would also mean that Brentford would double that week as well. Now a slight thing that I missed on yesterday's video with Ivan Tony is if that Man City Brentford game goes into 25 then he would also have obviously as well as the rest of the Brentford players a double in 25 which w- would maybe make him a little bit more appealing. But potentially that's where that game could go. I think James said it could also go into game week 28 as well. But I'm working off the basis it's most likely to go in 25. The other fixture that we already know needs to be rearranged is Bournemouth versus Luton because that was postponed. I can't remember which game week it was, but that will need to get put somewhere. Now, that's a little bit different because neither Bournemouth or Luton are in, I was going to say still in Europe. They're just not in Europe at all. So there's less need to put that fixture soon. So that could go at any point where there's a free midweek this season and it's hard to know exactly when that will be. The interesting thing is, in game week 26, I'm going to try and explain this as clearly as I can. In game week 26, the teams that get to the Carabao Cup final will blank, and obviously so will their opponent. Now, at the time recording, those semi-final legs have not been completely finished, but I think most people are assuming that over two legs, Liverpool will go through against Fulham, and if they do, Liverpool versus Luton will be postponed in game week 26 and that fixture will have to go somewhere and the likelihood is that will go into game week 25 because Liverpool is still in the FA Cup and they're also in Europe as well. So later on in the season there won't be room to put that fixture. Now if Liverpool versus Luton goes into 25 then Luton versus Bournemouth can also go there so it would have to be later on. So for anyone that's kind of holding on to Solanke which It's probably a good decision anyway, right? But holding on to him because you're hoping he gets a double soon, it is possible, but it's not likely to come until after um, game week 26 at this point. So that's the kind of... So that's two of the fixtures we know need to be rearranged, rearranged, plus one of the Carabao Cup ties. The other one is Chelsea versus Middlesbrough. Now, if Chelsea get to the final, Chelsea versus Spurs will be a blank in game week 26. It could potentially moved to game week 25 as well but again a bit like Luton and Bournemouth neither Chelsea or Spurs are in Europe so that could get put later on this season so there's no guarantee that goes into 25 Liverpool versus Luton is much more likely but the interesting thing is Chelsea lost to Middlesbrough last night 1-0 now the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup are over two legs so the odds are that Chelsea will still go through but if they don't Chelsea versus Spurs is suddenly on in 26 and Richarlison, Porro, Palmer etc would all play and that could dictate what transfers you make over the next couple of weeks. Now we're not going to know the results of both of those semi-final legs before game week 21 but we will know them before game week 22. We'll also know the fourth round FA Cup results as well as long as there's no replays which will give us even more information about who might blank in 29. So the point of that is and I know it's getting difficult because there's flags everywhere, Trent's now injured as well, I'm going to talk about that later. If you could roll a transfer this week, or at least minimize the amount of players you bring in that could be a headache later on, like players that could possibly blank in 26, you'll have so much more information before 22. It won't mean that everything is locked in, but we'll have a clearer outlook about what's going to happen later, especially with the Carabao cut blanks in 26. So that's kind of uh, sorry, the games that have already been postponed plus Carabao Cup. The other thing to talk about is the FA Cup. Now, I want to keep this as simple as possible, not for you, to be honest, but for me, because otherwise I'll get too confused. The teams that get to the FA Cup quarterfinal, which is after the fifth round, will blank in 29, and so will their opponents, right? So if we go to game week 29, let's take Man City or Brighton, right? It only takes one of those two teams to get to the quarterfinals, And that fixture will be off. Now, the interesting thing about the draw for the fourth round is a few Premier League teams got drawn against each other, which means obviously one of them has to go out. So the key ones really are Spurs versus Man City. One of those teams are going to be out after the fourth round. And Chelsea versus Aston Villa, one of those two teams will be out as well. And the reason why that's interesting is this image on the screen. I know if you're listening on podcasts, it's not going to be uh, so easy to follow along. But this is from Ben Credin, right? These are the fixtures in game week 29. The teams in red are still in the FA Cup. The teams in orange have got a third round replay. If they win that, obviously, they'll go through to the fourth round. And the teams in green um, are already out of the FA Cup. I know Man United are in blue. They've since played since this image was made, and they are through as well. But Arsenal are out, right? And they played Chelsea in 29. And then Chelsea have got Aston Villa at home in the fourth round. Now, Chelsea will probably be odds on favourite to win that, but Villa could win, right? Especially given how the two teams have played this season. And if that happens and Villa knock Chelsea out in the fourth round, well, all of a sudden, you know for sure that Arsenal and Chelsea is on in game week 29. And that would probably make that blank game week a little bit easier to manage. And therefore, you might not need a free hit. And I'm going to come on to chip strategy in a second. So again, we don't know for sure who's going to go through to the fifth round but by game week 22 we'll know who's gone out of the fourth round and that could be really key information to then decide what to do with your chips it is worth saying right that even if a team gets through the fourth round they may then go out in the fifth round before they actually get to the quarterfinal but not only will we know who's already gone out we'll know the draw for the fifth round so if man city get through and they beat spurs in the fourth round and then they get a really easy tie in the fifth round you'll know they're probably going to blank in game week 29 and therefore Brighton would also blank as well. So unfortunately, as much as I'd love to kind of sit here and tell you this is exactly what's going to happen. These are the teams you definitely don't want to target. These are the teams you do. Unfortunately, we don't have the information, but ahead of game week 22, we're going to know a lot more. So basically my plan for 21 is to try and put off as many decisions as possible because the player that I bring in, next week could be vastly different based on what happens in the fa cup and the carabao cup as well i don't think i've missed anything but if i have honestly just click that link in the description below and just listen to planet fpl's podcast instead so i am going to talk about the trent and bowen injuries in a minute but there was a question that came up about when should we free hit and wildcard, and that seemed like a pretty good discussion to have straight after we talked about blank and double game weeks now my honest answer to this question is I have absolutely no idea right now when I'm going to use any of my chips that I've got left over. So I've got the second wild card. I've still got my free hit and triple captain, and I've got my bench boost as well. And right now I cannot tell you for certain because we just do not have enough information. One thing I would say for sure is I would be doing everything possible to not wildcard this week. Even if you really wanted to use it early, you could maybe save it until game week 22 when you're going to have all that extra information about the Carabao Cup Um, final, plus the FA Cup fourth round results. Wildcarding in game week 21 just feels way too tricky because you're not sure what's definitely going to happen later on. My rough plan for the wildcard was to use it in game week 31 to start setting up for the doubles in 34, 37. There's some good fixture swings as well. Plus, I think I can manage the next few weeks without wildcarding. But that could change, right? I am open to using it a little bit earlier or even maybe a little bit later, although that seems... Um, the most unlikely scenario that's going to happen. So wildcard, I would really try and save until we have more information. In terms of the free hit, well, there's a few weeks that you could use it. So Man City and Liverpool likely to both double in 25. And we know that Salah's at African Cup of Nations right now. Um, Haaland's obviously out at the moment. Right now, I couldn't tell you which triple up on Man City I would want anyway. Uh, And Trent is obviously injured as well. So it might be that you get rid of a bunch of those players. And then rather bring them back in for game week 25, you just free hit them back in, and then you just don't have them in your team afterwards. Now you might be thinking, why would I not want Salah in my team after 25? Well, as we just discussed, if they do double in 25, it's because they're blanking in game week 26 because they've gotten through to the Carabao Cup final. So that fixture against Luton would be moved to 25. But also they're still in the FA Cup and they will be one of the favorites to get through to the quarterfinals. So if that happens, Liverpool would also miss 29. So potentially, if Egypt go far in African Cup of Nations, Salah might not even be back until 25, so you wouldn't want him before that. You could free hit him in in 25, you'd have a blank in 26, you'd miss Forrest away in 27, which is not ideal, but it's just one fixture. And then in 28, it's Man City at home anyway. And then he could blank again in game week 29. So wildcarding him back in in 30 or 31 could definitely be an option. So free hit in 25 could work. We'll obviously have a big blank game week in game week 29. And I know a lot of people don't like free hitting into a blank with like rubbish fixtures on paper. But with the free hit, you've got to think about the points you're going to get over the long run. So not having to bring in terrible players and just have them for one week could be a strategy. But also, and this is something that I did a few seasons ago, the doubles in 34 and 37 could, according to James, when I listened to the podcast this morning, contain uh, different teams in each of those weeks. So last season, if you remember, if you played, I think it was Man City, Brighton, and Man United. They both doubled. They sorry, they all doubled in 34 and 37. So it was easy just to carry those players the whole way through. But a few seasons ago, the teams that doubled in 34 were different to the ones in 37. And in 37, I free hit with like Leicester, Villa and Everton players and it went really well. So the free hit could be viable in kind of three major game weeks. 25 for the Man City and Liverpool potential double, 29 for the blank or maybe 34 or 37 because the teams that are doubling then are different to the ones that double in the other week. Which one's going to be best? Right now, I do not know. And unfortunately, that has to be the honest answer that I give. My preference usually is to use it in a blank game week. But it works so well for me using it in the double in 37 a few seasons ago that I am definitely open to that. The one that I least want to do is 25. But with the injuries to Trent, and obviously we're not knowing when Salah's going to be back from African Cup of Nations, it might be that that is needed. So I am basically leaving that decision open and trying to make the fewest amount of transfers this week then I absolutely have to. The other thing to consider is when you're going to use your other chips, right? So take triple captain for example. If Salah's got, uh let me just—I need to double check now. Okay, I'm getting lost with the fixtures. Yeah. So if Salah's got Brentford away and Luton at home in 25, that sounds like a pretty good uh, triple captain opportunity. And if Harlan's got Chelsea at home and Brentford at home. That also sounds pretty good. Now, there will be other weeks to use the triple captain. The other double game weeks that I've mentioned, that Bournemouth versus Luton game, let's not forget that because Solanke will have one fixture plus Luton at home. That could even be a triple captain. But for most people, when they see those fixtures for Salah and Hardened, they're going to want to triple captain one of those two players in 25 if they're fit and available. But that means you can also free hit. So sometimes it's not about when's the best time to use this one chip. It's when's the best time to use those chips in combination. Now, again, a few seasons ago, I think it was 21-22, Salah had Leeds at home and Norwich at home. On paper, that is the most obvious triple captain you are ever going to see, and that's what lots of people did. But for my team, I can't remember what chip I used. I think I might have wildcarded. Either way, I didn't triple captain. And Salah got 28 points, and obviously I lost that against the crowd. But I still had my triple captain... Later on I didn't get as many points, but the combination of chips overall meant I did really well not using my triple captain in that week. So I, 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 it's confusing, right? When I say it out loud, like I'm kind of confusing myself, but it's just really difficult to know right now, and I suspect as it stands, I'd prefer to use the triple captain in 25 because I think the free hit could be better later on. but it might be that a bunch of stuff happens over the next couple of game weeks, and all of a sudden free hit 25 is much more worth it. And I think with Liverpool and Man City, just to end on this bit now, with Man City, I don't know if I want three of their players for a long period of time because there's always that rotation worry. Like, I keep thinking about bringing Foden in this week, but I'm not completely sure about it. But when we get to a Man City double, I'd love to have three of their players, and I definitely want Salah and Trent. But if they're blanking later on, maybe three hit is the best... uh, Sorry, maybe three hit and 25 is the best way to go about it. But the other thing is right and this is where I'm really going to end Trent who knows maybe that injury is even worse than we first thought and he misses 25 maybe Egypt go and win African Cup of Nations and Salah's not available for both of those games these things could happen and this is why everything is so up in the air right now so to answer the question when should we use free hit and wild card, at some point between now and 38 outside of that no real idea All right, let's talk about the big news from yesterday, and that is that Trent Alexander-Arnold has picked up an injury which is going to keep him out for a few weeks, according to Pep Linders, the Liverpool assistant manager. Hopefully, I've said that name correctly. Now, this is what was put up on the official Liverpool website. Um, First of all, some not that good news. Trent hyperextended his knee during the last game, so he has a little tear in the lateral ligament of his knee, and he will need time to recover he had a scan and he will be out for a few weeks so let's see after that and he goes on to say he'll get some rest hopefully he can come back to where he was he's playing well etc um there are some journalists saying that this could be three weeks which is interesting because there's a big gap between the game weeks 21 and 22 deadline right so if we look at the timelines the 21 deadline is the 12th of january as we know so it's this friday But game week 22 it's not until Tuesday the 30th of January, which is 20 days from now. But Liverpool don't play until the 31st that week against Chelsea at home. And obviously this news came out yesterday. So in terms of that three week timescale, potentially he could be back for that Chelsea game and just miss Bournemouth. But I just, there's a small part of me that thinks it's a knee issue. You don't want to rush that. You don't want to make it worse. And the problem is, if you get to game week 22 and he's a doubt for that game, That's a midweek game. And then in game week 23 against Arsenal, they play on Sunday. So if he's a doubt for Chelsea, he could also miss Arsenal as well, in which case you might not get to play him again until game week 24, which is Burnley at home. And again, a bit like the doubles and blanks and chip strategy, it's just hard to know for certain. It could be, best case, he misses Bournemouth, then he's straight back and plays all those matches. Worst case is he might not be back until game week 24. And who knows, if the injury is a little bit worse than they think right now, he may even miss that as well. The The spanner in the works is the double in 25, right? If that happens for Liverpool, you're going to want Trent for that. But is he worth holding on to all that time when he's so much money? And obviously people are thinking about getting Haaland back as well. It's really difficult. Right now, and I suspect my mind might change by Friday, for my team I'm considering holding on to him and just finding out before game week 22 whether he's back but also getting all that information about the cup games, the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, etc. And for my personal squad, I'm in a position where I might be able to get away with that. Like if I sell Son with one of my two free transfers, I could theoretically bench both Salah and Trent and potentially get away with it. I'm not saying I'll definitely do that, but that is an option. And just wait until game week 22 and get that information. But for a lot of people, there's so many flags this week, you just don't have the luxury of doing that. And I think if Trent is potentially going to miss three game weeks, you could just get a different player in instead. And to be honest, for a lot of people, myself included, maybe looking for an excuse just to buy someone like Estrepanian. And they will play in 26. They're not going to blank that week. The next time that Brighton might blank is 29, because one of them or Man City will almost certainly get to the FA Cup quarterfinal. There's so many game weeks before that, and the fixtures are so good. I just don't think that is worth worrying about. So if you're looking to get rid of Trent, I think for a lot of people, it's perfectly viable. You could bring in S-G-P-N-A as Estrepanian well, uh, instead. The other thing to keep in mind, and there's so much to think about at the moment, is how are you going to get Haaland back in? So I haven't actually thought about this until right now. But if I put Haaland in and I sell Trent to Estrepanian, let me just check here, then when I sell Son, I can get anyone for 7.3 million or above without having to sell Salah. So potentially... By selling Trent, I could hold on for Salah maybe for a few more weeks, even while he's away for Afcon, without severely denting, you know, the points that that team could get. At the very least, it gives me other options, so I might not have to go so cheap like Eze um, or Elise if he's fit, or Douglas Luiz, etc. I could go for more expensive players. So it's not really a simple case of you should definitely keep Trent or you should definitely sell him. It really depends on how your team is set up, and that's going to be a common theme when we're discussing blanks and doubles your team might be different to mine your preference in players could be different as well um but yeah I'm kind of I think I can get away with keeping Trent till 22 I just don't know how confident I am that he's definitely going to be back for that and he could miss that Chelsea game and if he does he's probably going to miss Arsenal as well and even if he doesn't I would expect Arsenal to score in that game because Liverpool are away so yeah Big news another flag to add to your team Trent is out for a few weeks could just be three weeks but he could miss two or three game weeks in that time. So as I said on Monday's video we're unlikely to get an update from David Moyes about Jarrod Bowen before the game week 21 deadline but a few journalists have started talking about that injury now. So one tweet I saw was from Roshane Thomas who covers West Ham for The Athletic uh, and that said that West Ham duo Jarrod Bowen and Lucas Pakitar are expected to be out for an extended period with injuries. And there's rumours going around that they could both be out for a month. But I did also see this tweet from uh, Jacob Steinberg that said, not a great day for West Ham. Lucas Pacatár out for four weeks and due to see a specialist about about his calf injury, which is obviously not great for West Ham's, you know, creativity, right? Because he is one of the key players for that. Also went on to say, the scan on Jared Bowen's ankle injury, also not encouraging. But it's unclear when he'll be back. So it's not a guarantee that he's going to be out for the full month, as some people are saying. But there's also, I would say, serious doubts about whether he's going to be fine for Game Week 21. It seems pretty likely now that he's going to miss that game against... Who have West Ham got in Game Week 21? They've got Sheffield United away, which is not ideal. So first things first definitely do not buy Jared Bowen unless David Moyes comes out and says he's absolutely fine he's definitely going to play against Sheffield United which is not information you're going to get you just cannot buy him if you don't already own him if you already own him or you've just bought him in as an early transfer obviously that's incredibly unlucky then it all comes down to how well you can cope without him because if there's a chance he's back by the 1st of February which is obviously what like 23 days away or something like that my math is probably wrong there um, which is possible. He's then got Bournemouth at home. And obviously, there's a reason that you bought him in in the first place. Manganite, in the way, is not that bad. Arsenal at home, a little bit trickier, but the fixtures afterwards are pretty decent. And even though Packetar being out is not ideal for Bowen by any means, if you've already got him in your team, I'd be less keen on. Getting rid of him. If you've got a spare transfer or you just don't have the bench to deal with this, then of course get rid of him. I've talked about midfielders a lot this week. I'm going to talk about it again on my team selection tomorrow. But I, I think that is the way that I would be thinking. If he's just going to miss one game against Sheffield United, and you can cover that, and then he's potentially back for game week 22, I would look to hold on to him. But for anyone that doesn't own, there is just no reason to buy him this week. I don't care whether he's going up or down in price. Your players are going up or down. Uh, with this news there's just not there's not going to be enough definitive information ahead of game week 21 deadline you just cannot buy him all right let's get into some of your other questions so would you bring Saka in if you didn't already own him and I do understand the hesitation from non Saka owners about putting him into their team because there's been a lack of returns recently he also cost 9 million right so it's not like he's super cheap or anything like that but I think the answer is yes I would put him in my team if I didn't already own him as long as that price point Doesn't stop me getting Haaland back or Salah back. Whatever your future plans might be, make sure that Saka doesn't block that because I don't think he's so good that you should bring him in at all costs. And if you need to go for someone cheaper so that you can afford those other players later on, I think that is what I would do instead. And he hasn't been great recently, right? If you look at the game week since game week 15 all the way up till 20, he's got one goal, one assist. That is not ideal for a player that costs 9 million But we know there is a fairly consistent player in there because over the season, he's got six goals, eight assists. And if you look at his numbers recently, expected goal involvement against Fulham, it was 1.09. Against West Ham, it was 1.15. Pretty bad against Liverpool. But before that, 0.94 against Brighton, 0.48 against Villa, 0.49 against Luton. There is still a very good player there. And I suspect that the returns will arrive sooner rather than later. But not just that, right? If you think about... The other midfielders that people are considering this week, Jared Bowen, no way you can buy him now. Richarlison, I like in the short term, but how will Werner affect his minutes? What happens when Madison and Son are back? What happens if Spurs blank in 26 and 29? Foden looks great right now, getting consistent minutes. What happens when De Bruyne builds his fitness up? Does Foden keep playing? Does he play wide? Will he definitely play both games in game week 25? You could go for Eze. He should be on penalties with no Elise. Does Elise make... Uh, sorry, does Elise being out make Crystal Palace worse? Fernandez, even if you wanted him, right, he's three yellow cards away from a two-game suspension. And I think look, you could look at Odegaard because he's cheaper. But money aside, Odegaard is not a better option than Saka in my opinion. So there's lots of midfield choice, but I'm not sure any of them are massively stand out. Whereas if you can put up with a few blanks here or there, once you've got Saka in your team, unless you need the money for another move, you just keep him in there, right? And they could blank in 29. But if Chelsea go out of the FA Cup to Aston Villa, that game will be on. They're not going to blank before that. The fixtures are good. I just think he's a solid option that you just put into your team and leave. The only caveat I will say is for my own team again, using it as a reference. Before the injury to Trent, when I was thinking about how I could have Trent, Salah, and Harland, the make weight for that move was potentially to get rid of Saka. I was nowhere near locked on in, uh, with that, and it could have been the. I got rid of Watkins or someone else instead. But if I wanted Salad, Trent, and Harlem, which some people will for game week 25, and they might not want a free hit, then something will have to be sacrificed and it could be Saka. But until that point, they got Palace at home, Forest away, Liverpool at home, uh, West Ham away. Then you make that decision. And even then, one of those players might not be available. One of them could be injured. And it might be that you take someone else out instead. We might get to that week and Watkins could be injured and Saka could have scored for four game weeks in a row and suddenly the conversation is a little bit different. So I do fully understand the hesitation, but I think when I consider all the possible midfielders at this point of the season, I think Saka is one of the top ones to own right now if you can. All right, let's talk about captain strategy for game week 21. So with game week 21 lasting two weeks, is it worth captain and a player who plays earlier in the week i.e. a Chelsea or Man City player. And the reason for that would be we're only going to get press conferences ahead of the Game Week 21 deadline from managers whose teams are playing this weekend. So you've got Burnley versus Luton, Chelsea versus Fulham, Newcastle versus Man City, uh, Everton versus Villa, and Man United versus Spurs. Every other team plays the following weekend. So potentially you could Captain Saka against Crystal Palace at home. He doesn't play until the 20th of January on Saturday. You get a press conference on the Friday from Arteta, which is after the 21 deadline, and he could say that Saka is a doubt. Now, if he misses out completely, it's not an issue because you've got a vice-captain. But what if you vice-captain someone from that second weekend as well, and they miss out completely? You might not have a captain at all. And I know these things are extremely unlikely to happen, but it's a possibility that you should at least consider. And also, it might be that you captain a player in that second weekend, and they don't miss out completely. They're not fully injured but maybe they need to start on the bench and come on for a one-point cameo. So there are some issues, or there are some things to think about there. Ultimately, I would say it depends on how strongly you feel that player, or sorry, player A is better over player B. So if you thought that, I don't know, let's say you've got Jota, Nunez, or Diaz, or someone like that from Liverpool against Bournemouth away on the second weekend of Game Week 21, and you think they are miles better than anyone else, then I would still do it, right? I've currently got the captain's armband on Saka. And if I think he's absolutely the best captain, I will take that risk that he plays um, on the, the, that he plays, right? And that he's not injured or anything like that. And if he does miss out, I will make sure that my vice captain is from this weekend. Because, you know, if we have Pochettino's press conference and Pep Guardiola's press conference and they don't mention that Palmer or Alvarez is injured, then it'd be extremely unlucky to, Then not see them play this weekend. So, as it stands, I think maybe this is not the case. Yeah, I've got the captain's armband on Saka's second weekend, but I've got the vice captain on Palmer. So, if something happens to Saka and he can't start, at least I've got Palmer, who, as I or at least with all the information I've got right now, should be fine. If you're looking at, say, those two players as well, Saka and Palmer, and you think it's really close, then in that scenario, maybe you do just go for the player that's playing this weekend as that absolute safety net there's nothing wrong with that for what it's worth i'm a little bit stuck on captain this week i think it's always a little bit more interesting when harlan and Salah aren't options uh, but it does make the decision a little bit trickier i do think if they were all playing on the same day i'd probably go for saka but i'm not sure he's that much better than someone like cole palmer who's obviously on penalties as well and playing at home against fulham i think other options um, a potentially Watkins against Everton away, but I think that's quite a difficult game. You've obviously got Alvarez against Newcastle. Where I think based on how, or even Foden as well, based on how Newcastle have been defending recently, I don't think that's that bad of a captaincy shout. But I also know that on their day, Newcastle at home are great and they could make things difficult for Man City. So I'm not sure I would go there. Uh, you've got Liverpool, but I just think with no Trent, no Salah, I just wouldn't go for a captain on anyone else. So, for me right now, it's probably Saka, and I'm probably missing someone obvious. Uh, And then it's probably Cole Palmer. And to be honest, if I don't think there's much difference between those two, I just won't take the risk and I'll just probably go for Palmer this weekend. So, I'm actually going to leave that one there. Hopefully, you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you did, make sure to drop a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And of course, if you're listening on podcasts and have been enjoying the content, do rate five stars as well. I say, hopefully, you found it useful. I know. At this time of the season lots of stuff is up in the air we're waiting for more information we're waiting on injuries we're waiting on international tournaments we're not quite sure when we're going to use our chips the one thing that i would say is this is a part of the season where people will start to differentiate how their or sorry differentiate their strategy so one chip strategy for you might be different to another person and that is perfectly fine because people do have slight differences in their teams And even just owning one or two different players that are are, or are not going to blank could be the difference about when you use a chip and what other player you bring in. So don't think that because one person is making a move, you doing a different move is wrong. I think at the start of the season, it's super easy, right? You look at game week one, you look at the next six game weeks, you know all those players are going to play, who's got the best fixtures. But right now, it gets more difficult, but the rewards are often higher as well. This is where you're going to get a lot of points over people that aren't quite so engaged so yeah i th- hopefully i explained a lot of that as best i could um but it, it could still be a little bit confused anyway that whatever right this outro is now going on way too long so i'm going to leave it there team selection tomorrow i'll do final thoughts on friday as well even though it's a friday deadline so i'll try and answer a few more of your questions we'll also have a deadline stream on friday as well otherwise i'll catch you again tomorrow sports social podcast network